Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to part two of our cinematic rendering. And this will be my second of two parts, and then Steve Rowe and Linda Chu will follow up. And let's pick up where I left off before. And I was making the point that one of the really good things and one of the challenging things is the fact that from the same volume, same position, I can create three images that don't look at all like each other. Each of them have significant more information, whether it's the bowel on the left, or it's the vessels and liver on the right, and the transparency in between. And whether I'm looking at the MIP, and you can see how nicely we can show the liver map, and the FemFem bypass is there, but let's ignore that. And then just changing the lighting model, how I can accentuate the fissures in the liver, and the whole 3D imaging. So it really is important to know that you need to think about what you're showing. It also makes the point that it's very easy to hide things. On this, I'm showing you the surface of the liver, and then I'm showing you inside the liver. So you need to show everything. The key is how do you create these vascular maps that show everything? Uh, that's a challenge, and I think something at some point that AI can do. Or in this case, where you see some of the collateral vessels, you see very nicely the increased folds and flow in the stomach. You see the collaterals and the transparency with this rendering and this rendering. And it was a patient with um, pancreatic cancer that was invading. And we talk about texture. Think about the pancreas here and think about the spleen. Linda's going to speak about that. So I won't go into anything in detail. But the fact is we're able to accentuate. So for detection of pathology, I could look at a data set and be able to roam through the data set. Here I can see the texture of the pancreas and the spleen. Look how nicely you see the GDA going over the head of the pancreas. Look at the texture of the gland. And this interactivity allows me, you can see in this case, to really show you the interactivity of the pancreas, the changes, the accentuation of vessels, and the accentuation of texture. So this becomes very, very important. And this is not something just for the pancreas, and we've done a lot of good work on the pancreas and picking up tumors, but it goes for everything we look at. So if I'm looking at the spleen, beautiful example of B-cell lymphoma, arterial and venous phase imaging showing you infiltration. And here is the cinematic. Look how nicely you see the infiltration of the spleen. Here it is with two more sets of images. But that infiltration is critical for calling pathology or lymphoma. Or in this patient, look at the gastric fold pattern. It's a mass in the body of the pancreas, but I'm not impressed by the fold pattern, perhaps, but look at the details that you get with cinematic rendering, where we're inside the stomach accentuating the details and showing some of the collateral vessels because of the pancreatic mass. So again, how we see things, and one more example of that, think of the details. So what if I accentuated that? Also, look at the patient's body of the pancreas tumor. You see that subtle tumor is very obvious now. And one of the things we've noticed is that with cinematic rendering, you're able to pick up subtle tumors by simply adjusting the parameters. And here's just one more set of images showing that as well. We talk about the appearance, and one of the things we're going to look at is how the appearance con connects with aggressiveness of tumors. Here's a tumor in the wall, which is an exophytic gist tumor. Beautifully shown. Look at the folds of the stomach. Look at the location of the tumor. Again, just tumor. Or this example, look at that cystic lesion in the stomach wall. 
What a density. What is it? Well, there aren't many things it could be. I guess it could be a pseudocyst pushing in. But when you look at the entire process, it's really a duplication cyst. But look how nicely it is when you look at the patient cinematic, look at the folds of the stomach, look at the shadowing. And when I give you this image here, now I'm going to show you the same exact thing, but I'm going to show it to you with motion. And you can see we're able to look inside the data set. You see the tumor, you see the normal stomach, and again, the shadowing and lighting model becomes very critical on what you're able to see and how you're able to see it. Now imagine if this is how we did every stomach CT, looking for small gastric ulcers, small tumors, it would indeed be very impressive. And you can see from the videos here that on these two sets of videos that we're able to show specifically what we want to see, I like the interactivity because interactivity in general gives me an infinite number of pictures and I think we should be able to send videos to the referring docs because it would make them get a feel. It's kind of like giving them, this is an endoscopy of the stomach as far as I'm concerned. Or this case, look at all of those polypoid lesions in the gastric antrum body. This was biopsy, this was carcinoma, not every polyp, but this was an adenocarcinoma rising within gastric polyps. What a beautiful example showing you the lighting model of the polyps, the interface to stomach. Just a really nice example. Here's a few more images. And you can see in the video as well, just really nicely showing you specifically what we're looking at and how we're now looking inside organs, looking for pathology. Or with bowel, look at the patient's descending colon, prominent vasorecta, this active disease which is very nicely shown here. You can see the submucosa edema and possible some blood. And here you see the descending colon and the extensive disease, the deformity of the descending colon in a patient with colitis. We talk about mesenteric adenopathy. Look at this example, lymphoma. Look at the size and number of those mesenteric nodes, peripancreatic, periotic. Beautiful example in 3D. You see the nodes kind of just simply strike at you. Look at it as a different view of that. Again, that same thing. You know exactly where the nodes are and how extensive they are. What about this case, hematuria muscle weakness? If you look hard, look at the upper pole of the left kidney. Is that an aneurysm or what the heck's going on there? But when you look at the uh, cinematic rendering, look at all those multiple aneurysms that you're seeing in the renal artery. There are also aneurysms in the splenic artery. There's aneurysms in the patient's GDA. There's aneurysms in the patient's hepatic artery. And you can see with the kidneys gone, you can see how extensive the aneurysms were. This is a case of polyiritis nodosa. Just a beautiful example. Now, I'm not saying that cinematic is the only way to see it. Here was the MIP, but that cinematic was pretty good. And here, the MIP is pretty good. So not every case is one going to be better than the other. We talk about papillary renal cell carcinoma, solid mass, not vascular. Here it is again with central scarring on the cinematic rendering. I think one of the things we can look at is can we do better in classifying tumors, staging tumors, as well as predicting response to chemotherapy. We talk about problem solving. Dilated renal pelvis, UPJ versus tumor. Well, here it is on a 3D. You see two right renal arteries and the lower renal artery crosses the renal pelvis, a classic UPJ obstruction. Just a beautiful example. Beautiful example of that. And finally, in this example, we're going to look at the patient's um, kidneys. And what you see is look at the patient's right renal pelvis. 
It's dilated. You see the two vessels. That's the example we showed you a moment ago. That's the classic UPJ. Now, what else? Well, you want to look at the skin. Well, here's neurofibromatosis. Imagine this is a topogram. Being able to see the skin, soft tissues is critical. Or this case, look at the collaterals in the patient's chest wall in this patient with SVC occlusion, and look at the sharpness of those collaterals and the detail and extent of that shown on these images. So you can see what we're able to do. We're really able to guide ourselves into looking interactively at the volume, choosing the right planes and parameters, creating the best images that allow us to show the clinician the pathology that's present. This all becomes something that's a critical part of what we do and how we do it. Again, just cranking out images is not going to be enough. And here's just another example of showing you the kind of detail you're able to get. Look at the size of the collaterals in the abdominal wall, both on the right and left side, and really the extent. So just a really nice example of how you can show things and have people understand them with great detail. And again, as I'm showing you these, I'm showing you these all with video loops. Again, to give you the feel of what you can do with video. Again, to give you the feel of what you can see and how to interact with the data. I think motion to me, and people have written this article, I haven't, is critical when you're looking at images, when you're looking at information. But it's easy to hide, but it's also easy to find things and understand things better. Now with cinematic, let me, you know, Steve's going to speak about musculoskeletal, but let me just show you a little bit on the vascular end of the details to the foot, the trifurcation vessels, the muscle, the soft tissues, the arcades in the foot, everything beautifully, beautifully shown. Now, I ended this talk, and I'm going to end it with you also talking about where things can go. I think AI is going to play a major role in visualization, including in cinematic rendering. I mentioned I can make an infinite number of images, or almost infinite, but you want the best image. I think a computer with experience, looking at a lot of cases, can know what the best reconstructions are for that individual patient. I think the same thing you do is map texture onto specific organs as a way of lesion classification. I think another thing we could potentially do is create a topogram from the cinematic rendering to show the skin findings, which can be important. We need, again, as I mentioned, AI needs to be there. And I think we're talking about in our uh, pancreas, our Felix project, the merging of medical data, the merging of 3D imaging with AI, and have AI built in 3D capabilities as well uh, for, for a list of different things. So with that, let me stop there. And now, without any further ado, I'm going to bring up Steve Rowe. And 25 minutes later, I'm going to bring up Linda Chu, and they will be great. So with that, I thank you for your attention and hope to see you next time. Have a great day.